0: This week's commentary will take a look at two comic books, one from DC and one from Marvel. You're listening to the Nerd on Mike Commentary, and I'm Jeremy Jones. Scott Snyder released the second prelude to his upcoming event, Dark Knight's Metal. This one-shot, entitled Dark Days The Casting, fits perfectly in place with the previous prelude, Dark Days The Forge. Honestly, DC could have released these comics as a two-part prelude, but I'm sure the appeal for two number one issues convinced them otherwise. And as I said, this picks up right after The Forge, and I'd advise reading The Forge before picking up the casting. In terms of epicness, this issue doesn't feel as powerful as the Forge, and I'm sure it's for the simple reason that I wasn't expecting the Forge. The first chapter of this prelude slapped the mystery in my face. It made me connect dots that I didn't even know existed, but then it proceeded to show me that there was an even bigger picture surrounding those dots. In contrast, the casting answered a few cliffhangers from its predecessor, and then it said, Now, after a short break, our feature presentation. I still enjoyed this conclusion to Metal's prelude, but after the Forge landed on the scene, it lifted the bar that I never saw. Meaning that although the Forge and casting are both nines, I'm comparing the casting to the Forge while the Forge only needed to match Scott Snyder's weakest comic book, which would probably be a 5. Hopefully, you follow that. Regardless, I do love that this event has finally explained what a meta human truly is and what causes people to be metas. I've always felt that DC simply used metas as a fill in for mutants. We live in a world of superheroes. Why don't people just randomly have powers? So, it'll be fun to see how all of this works together into the comic book event that will be Dark Knight's Metal. Now, Spider-Man 2 is a different beast. This miniseries is a sequel to Marvel's 2012 miniseries that signaled that Marvel had run out of ideas. At least, that's according to a prophetic quote from former Marvel editor-in-chief Joe Quesada back in 2005. Now, since then, he has retracted that statement under the pretense that people can change their minds. And they can, but I still like to poke fun at the crossover. Now, the series acted as a celebration of the two universes, Marvel Mainstream and Ultimate Marvel, and also gave a chance for the new Spider-Man character, Miles Morales, to interact with a seasoned Peter Parker, who then gave his blessing for Miles to carry on the mantle of mainstream Peter's ultimate doppelganger who had passed away in Ultimatum so it was a really good character moment for Miles Morales and it left off with the question of who is Miles Morales in the main universe now five years later that little cliffhanger has become Spider-Man 2 now the first comment I want to have about this whole thing is that the setting for the story is confusing at least to me We're informed that Miles Morales is fully aware of the now non-existent Ultimate Universe, including his adventures with Peter back in Spider-Man, even though he now has become fully integrated with the mainstream universe. I've only been following Miles Morales in the main Spider-Man title, but I don't think Marvel has explained the nature of this merging and how exactly it all settles out, although I could have missed it from a different title. Or they could be using this title as an opportunity to do just that. The first issue of this series is a pretty fast read and doesn't do much besides establishing both Spider-Man and the shared memories of their previous team-up from the pre-Secret Worlds Marvel Multiverse. The main thing going forward that I'm worried about is that too much of this miniseries will feel forced and contrived. I don't really care about the mainstream Miles Morales. Honestly, I completely forgot he existed, and so the cover of Spider-Man 2, number one, which showcases the two Spider-Man and a silhouetted figure with the question, who is the other Miles?, doesn't gain my attention. What I care about is the dynamic between Peter and Miles because I feel like it hasn't really been fleshed out in this new context. We know that Miles is not a sidekick to Peter. He is Spider-Man in his own right. It's a very similar setup to when Grant Morrison brought Batman back from the dead in Batman Incorporated. You had a Batman who was local to Gotham aka Dick Grayson, and you had a Batman who was international, the new Bruce Wayne. Similar in this situation, we see Miles Morales as being the local New York Spider Man and Peter Parker being the international Avenger Spider Man. So it'll be nice to see the dynamic fleshed out and maybe establish a mentor mentoree setup, similar to what we saw with Tony Stark and Peter Parker in the recent movie Spider Man Homecoming. And in this context, I'd be perfectly fine with it. So, if Brian Michael Bendis can maintain that focus on their relationship, I think we'll get a halfway decent read. And considering that Bendis has been handling the ultimate Spider-Man for the past 17 years, he's probably going to do a fine job. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Nerd on Mike Commentary. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, I'm Jeremy Jones.